Hello and welcome to the World of Emotions and the Emotion Focus podcast, a series all about emotions, how they work for us, how seemingly sometimes they don't work for us, and how we might better understand that and maybe be able to do something about it. I'm Lou Cooper. I'm your host. I'm based in Nam, Melbourne, Australia, and I'm joined in this series by people from around the globe who have dedicated most of their professional lives to the exploration of emotions. Everything you hear on this series is informed by emotion theory and emotion-focused therapy. It was Dr. Anna Aldershaw, who is a clinical psychologist and reader in clinical psychology at the Salomons Institute for Applied Psychology at Canterbury Christchurch University in the UK, who suggested to me an episode called I'm Stuck. Anna heads up the Emotion Focus Therapy Institute in England and is co-developer of an emotion Focus therapy approach for working with anorexia. I'm guessing that it was in this context that Anna has come up against the experience of clients being stuck, having difficulty to change or difficulty to start the change. And so I I want to speak to Anna about her experience of clients being stuck and what it's like when you're kind of bumping up against a brick wall. It's something that I see in, in my therapeutic practice. I see what I call the I'm stuck diagnosis really, really often. Anna, thank you for joining me. Thanks for having me, Lou. It's really good to be here. And thank you for suggesting this episode about stuckness. I'm wondering if you can Mm -hmm. describe what you mean when you say stuck, what that means for you. Yeah, I mean, I think stuck can mean different things. And maybe that's the part of the problem that we we come up against as therapists or uh, as clients, as people that we come up against. And you're right that thinking about I'm stuck comes up a lot in my therapeutic work where I work especially with people with eating difficulties, eating disorders, and in developing the speaks therapy that you mentioned there for people with anorexia. My colleague Helen Startup and I really thought about this a lot as something that we, we knew we were going to have to to work with clients on. So what does it look like? I mean, there's the I'm stuck. I imagine there's there's other things that people say that indicate that they're stuck. Yeah. I mean, people do often just say, I, I feel really stuck, right? So when people come and say I'm stuck, it can mean it can mean many different things, but it, it can mean something essentially quite simple, really. You know, I was thinking about feeling stuck um, and and times it's come up in my life before the podcast. And I was thinking about, actually, my brother's first word was stuck because he got stuck behind the sofa. But that's relatively simple to fix. It seems like a very sophisticated word to be your first word. I know know it is, isn't it? Um, But essential (laughs) because he couldn't get out. So, but also my daughter, you know, the number of times she says to me she's stuck with her maths homework and that's slightly more difficult to, to solve with her, but we can work through it and we can reach an answer and we can move on, move on to the next question. And and sometimes it does indicate more work to be done. I think, oh, maybe maybe she needs to revisit this concept a little bit more so she doesn't get stuck next time. But we can approach those things using a more of a problem solving approach. And I think 
as therapists, sometimes that can be our pull to try and find a solution to help someone work through pros and cons and try and find something quite practical in a way of moving forward. And, and it's quite likely when we're stuck that other people in our life try and do that as well. I think it's a really natural response. And I think sometimes that can be enough, you know, that sometimes that can be helpful and be enough. But oftentimes, I think when people come to therapy and say, I'm stuck, they're really saying something a little bit different, something more like, you know, I feel stuck or I'm in this really stuck place and I don't know how to get out. Yeah, I'm wondering when you're talking about the homework situation, that initially there may be this sort of block because I haven't learned this. I wasn't at that class and therefore I don't know how to do it. That's one piece. I'd suggest Mm -hmm. something else comes in on top of that, the feeling of being stuck kind of brings Mm -hmm. a whole emotional side to it rather than just the practicality of I don't know what to do because I don't know this, I've never learned this. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, in that scenario, so my daughter, she sees that she needs help, so she reaches out for help and it's something I can help her with. But often when people get stuck, you know, it's, it's something a little bit more like, like you say, there's, there's perhaps different parts going on, different parts of the person in emotion focused therapy. We think about different parts of ourselves. And often there's a part of you that wants to change and a part that pulls to stay the same. So it can be some kind of sort of self-interruption of some kind, like you're talking about, you know, some kind of emotion comes in and it just leaves me really feeling really stuck. You know, oftentimes these two parts cancel each other out, the part that wants to change and the part that doesn't want to change. And so if we, try and work with that if we look at the pros and cons we're really just looking at these two parts that cancel each other out and the person who's come for therapy is left in the middle of those still feeling quite stuck and lost and not sure how to move forward and as therapists you know we can get stuck in there too and not sure how to move forward stuck in there with them yeah stuck in there with them yeah yeah Mm. And that can feel really frustrating. And, you know, often it can, I think feeling stuck can be conflated with a lack of motivation. And and that comes up a lot for people with eating difficulties and eating disorders is that, you know, people talk about how people don't have enough motivation, but people can have a really strong, strongly motivated part. And yet there's still something else that's holding them back, that's keeping them stuck. And unless we think about that and explore that, then the person is is really going to struggle to move forward. So as you're saying that, Anna, as you're describing that, it sounds like the part that wants to change is very healthy, I guess, and it's the other part that is the problem. It can be. It can be healthy, but but it could also actually be making things worse, the part that wants to change. Mm -hmm. Thinking about it in terms of sort of an analogy, really, you know, say you're a car stuck in the mud, and I'm your therapist and I come along and I see you stuck in the mud and I'm going to try and pull you out that mud. You know, maybe I'm going to get a rope. I'm going to try and attach that to my vehicle. I'm going to try and get you out. But what if there's other stuff going on there? So what if the handbrake is still on or there's a a flat tire, for example? Even if I can get you out of the mud, you're not going to go anywhere very fast. So there's all sorts of other things that we need to stop and take a look at. And in the context of that, what you're talking about is, you know, that car could be revving, you know, it could really have its foot on the accelerator. 
and it looks like the person wants to change you know they're showing up for therapy they're really trying to be motivated but that pot could be quite a demanding pot that's telling the person to push on forward and you know often the person might have people around them saying come on just keep your foot on the accelerator keep your foot on the accelerator as therapists we might want to say that too but actually we're not recognizing all these other things going on and the wheels will be spinning and there'll be mud going everywhere and it will just be making the the whole situation more complicated as you're saying that, Anna, I'm feeling quite sick, actually. <laughs> the idea about, the, you know, the wheels going round and round and round and almost like this pressure to change, but there's something in the way, you know, there's something that's not ready. Yeah, and that, that pressure can be immense. It can be immense. And, and from people around the person in their life as well can feel all this pressure to change and it, and it can feel really hard to change and just add to the stuckness. So that's not, you know, I suggested the change part was healthy. It's not, that's not helping really much at all, is it? So where do we start with this, Anna? <laughs> where do we start? Well, I mean, one of the things that we do in, in Speaks is we, we try and map it out a little bit. So we try and MOT that car. We sort of try and notice all the different parts that are going on, all the different things that play in terms of keeping that person stuck. I love the car analogy. I don't think I know enough about cars to continue with the car analogy, but I'll, I'll try and keep going with it. Oh, you've done really well. You know, the wheels are <laughs> flying up all over the place. But if we actually had a, a person stuck in the mud, what are the kinds of things that are keeping that stuckness there? You know, I mean, they can be self-interruptions. So a part of us that stops us from just going there and really looking at what's going on here because oftentimes because of the difficult emotions involved, I think it sort of relates to this idea that in emotion-focused therapy where we talk about stuck feelings from the past, and oftentimes they can be the ones sort of showing up in the present, even though they sort of belong in the past. You know, in emotion-focused therapy, we talk about how emotions tell us about our needs and our needs guide us towards action. But if they're stuck emotions from the past, they're actually starting to be unhelpful and they're guiding us towards action that's not very helpful. So thinking about the different parts that can come out, there's potentially parts that want to, to block emotion because that just feels too painful and too hard to go to. There are other parts like maybe a part that really tries to kind of coach and push you and perhaps is over, overly demanding or overachieving. You know, there's the foot on the accelerator part. Other common parts that come up, particularly in the context of people with eating disorders, are, are parts that really want to try and please other people and try and sort of suppress what I need to make things okay for everybody else around me. And that can really be keeping someone stuck because it means they're not listening to their own needs and they're not able to use those to guide them to move forward in their life. So when, Anna, when you were talking about, you know, there's another part that is getting in the way that isn't helping this. It's almost like talking about an, another voice maybe within us that kind of says yeah. don't change or might make us very scared of the change or maybe giving us yeah, reason to yeah. stay exactly where we are. Yeah, so I think essentially in the middle of it, there's a, there's a person here who probably feels some quite vulnerable feelings like you're alluding to, feeling scared. Some of the stuck feelings that come up a lot in my work are shame 
as well. Mm. And they're really painful feelings to go to. So in order to avoid those feelings or to try and minimize those feelings as much as possible, people behave in all these different ways, like trying to please other people or trying to overachieve or trying to squash their feelings down. And that's essentially what what keeps people stuck. So I think one of the things we want to go to is to go to those feelings so that they're not avoided so much. They can be processed a bit. And then we're less reliant on those different ways of being that are actually holding us back and probably developed in childhood as ways of coping and may have been really helpful to us back then, but actually have started to become unhelpful as we've become adults and our lives have become quite different. Our relationships have become quite different. Expectations of us are quite different. They've started to keep us stuck rather than keep us safe. As you're talking about shame, Anna, just correct me if I'm wrong or whether I've got this, but is the person that is wanting to change And the experience of wanting to change activates shame for them and the shame keeps them stuck? Is that what you're saying? No, I don't think I mean it that the the experience of wanting to change activates shame, but just that often people maybe feel incapable of change or often for people with eating disorders that there's a situation where people don't feel they deserve change they don't deserve anything different or better for themselves in their life and that's really attached to a strong sense of shame of who I am and of whether I'm enough as I am and whether I have the capacity to change maybe I don't deserve the change I don't have the capacity to change yeah and what will it mean for me if I do I mean it's terrifying you know I've I've kept myself safe in this way for such a long time what does it even look like to do it differently from this. So there's all that stuff that's getting in the way. I mean, a lot of this is is unconscious. It's just happening, right? And people aren't mm-hmm. aware that this is the process that's going on inside them. How can people recognise that more clearly, What what is going on that's getting in their way? Yeah. Well, I mean, this is what I would say is one of the first steps that I'd want to try and take with somebody is just to stop and to try and attend to everything that's going on, what's happening here. As people come into therapy and tell us stories of their lives and and of relationships and of what's going on, we can start to notice some of these patterns, some of these things that might be keeping them stuck. And as I was saying in in Speaks, we'd, we'd start to try and map that out and think about all those different parts and maybe how some of those parts perhaps work together to keep people stuck. So it's all about sort of starting to notice patterns in the person's life and really trying to to get that down and put words to that as well or images to that so that the person can go away and start to notice for themselves as that happens in the week in between therapy. And it may be that right now they still don't feel able to do anything different, but starting to notice it is one of the first steps towards actually being able to change. So becoming more aware, I imagine that it's quite a startling revelation for a lot of people, Mm -hmm. something that is out of awareness, don't know what's happening and suddenly seeing that pattern and it's seeing it very clearly. Yeah, I would say it, it doesn't happen in a sudden way. It can take a while, I think, for us to start to notice some things. And, you know, as you were saying, Lou, you know, that part that's got its foot on the accelerator, to go back to that analogy, sometimes there are times when I've 
thought, oh, that part's really helping. Let's really try and notice that part more and bring that part in more. And it's only been later on that I've realized with the person that actually, no, this this part isn't helping. So I'd say it's a process of awareness and understanding that we embark on together with our clients. And it's a gradual thing. And it's, it's often shifting and changing as it starts, the picture becomes clearer and clearer for people. So you don't get mad on your face. Yeah, well, we probably will get mud on our face, you know, and that's that's one of the things, you know, people can be scared of that. They can be scared to to get out of the car and and assess the situation. And that's one of the things that we want to try and help our clients to do. Mm. You referred to speaks, which is the approach that you've developed using emotion focused therapy, working with anorexia. Mm-hmm. What does speaks stand for? speaks as a s-p-e-a-k-s what does it stand for that's right yeah so it stands for specialist psychotherapy with emotion for anorexia in kent and sussex so it sort of refers to the location that we developed it as well and also at the beginning you know I didn't know that it was necessarily going to include emotion-focused therapy and we did a lot of work working with people with lived experience of their experience of emotion and emotion change linked to recovery and what their experience was of what had helped to facilitate that emotional change. And when we looked at all of that, I was not EFT trained at this time. EFT seemed so relevant to the change process that people described that was associated with recovery. And so that's how I came to EFT was was through that work. And then we looked at how we could tailor or sort of focus EFT for for this client group. So Anna, thank you for speaking to me about this for this episode. You know, it's clear that the I'm stuck, it's not just a case of fixing that stuckness. No, no. And I think one point I'd stress really is that what we want to do is really to appeal to the person caught up in the middle of all of this. So instead of sort of trying to to push the change is to just stop and be there with them in the stuck place and try and help them find words or meaning or images for that stuck place and think about how we can be there with them in that to try and understand it. You know, that kind of, that whole, you can't leave a place until you've arrived. I think that goes for, I feel stuck too. Thank you, Anna. And I hope I'll speak to you again soon on this series about something else. We don't want to get stuck on I'm stuck. Anna heads up the Emotion Focused Therapy Institute in England, Dr. Anna Oldershaw. Thanks very much. Thanks, Lou. And if you'd like to find out more about Anna and her work and more about this podcast series, go to the website emotionfocused.com and please don't forget to follow and please don't forget to let anyone you may know who's interested in emotions know about this podcast through your social media. Share as much as you possibly can. Speak to you soon.